Well, you know, it's the, the nice thing about what we do on our podcast or our roundtable is really what we do in our daily job. So, you know, the 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 type of prep and, and the time that we prep is no different than the than the prep that we would uh, that we would do for our for our daily job. That's podcaster Rob Finley, host of the Commercial Real Estate Capital Markets Report podcast. Rob discovered early this year that he had the content he needed to create a new podcast show. Every Monday, Rob hosts a remote Zoom meeting with his team of analysts. Rob's contacts were asking if they could listen into the call. It was then that Rob decided to transform the roundtable meeting into a weekly podcast show. Do you host a regular meeting that contains the makings of a great podcast show? If you think you do, this episode is for you. Find out how Rob turned his weekly Capital Markets Report discussion into a podcast show in this interview with me, Sheila Cagill, co-founder of Podmotion. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the Podmotion podcast. Uh, thanks, Sheila. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you, Rob. I've been looking forward to speaking with you for a while because this is actually the first interview that I've done with someone who's uh, developed their own roundtable podcast. So I'm sure you've got lots to share with listeners. And before we jump into our questions, Rob, tell us a bit about yourself and your businesses. Sure, sure. Well, um, first and foremost, I am a commercial real estate owner and operator. I've been in the business uh, all my life, my, my dad was in commercial real estate or is in commercial real estate. My grandfather is in commercial real estate. So, so that's where I, I primarily see myself and I still continue to run, uh, my own personal real estate company called RJ Finley and Company. Uh, we invest in multifamily office and, uh, uh, other, uh, structured products within the commercial real estate space. Uh, but also on the other side of my, my day, uh, I also run a company called 30 Capital. And 30 Capital is a uh, provider of, of services and solutions to commercial real estate firms. And from that, we, we provide services in structured finance, like derivatives and defeasance services, debt advisory services. But we also provide software and, and technology solutions to commercial real estate firms through our flagship product lobby and, and entity keeper. So that is what we do as, uh, as my, my day to day job. But mm. it, as, as you mentioned though, in addition, we, we do have our, our pod, podcast that we do uh, weekly. So you sound like a, a really busy guy and I don't know very much about commercial real estate. Um, apart from the obvious, it's different from residential. Just just before we ask about the podcast, give listeners a, a quick peek into what kind of innovations are happening in in the uh, commercial real estate uh, sphere. Sure. Well, commercial real estate is is, is a very very exciting uh, class of assets right now, and and in particular when we talk about innovation, I think we're starting to see. And as I said, I've been in this business for a long time, but I think we're starting to see a transformation of a commercial real estate firm from, from one that just thinks about commercial real estate to a company that believes in innovation and technology whose product is 
commercial real estate. So think about this sort of the analogy, and I, I was telling somebody about this the other day. It's almost like Domino's, right? So Domino's, people think of Domino's as a, as a pizza place, but but if you talk to people at Domino's, they believe that they are a technology company, an innovative company whose whose product is actually pizza. And if you look at what they do and, and where they spend money and everything about their business, you can see that's correct. And we're starting to see that with commercial real estate, where commercial real estate firms are actually starting to look more like software companies or technology companies with their product being commercial real estate. Mm. So uh, presumably the purpose of the the software and the new technology is to to make uh, the client's experience or journey and the business's experience or processes uh, streamlined and easier. Is that is that correct? Uh, not just that, but there's also the use of, of data and analytics, and and the and a lot of the the things that technology companies do, such as engagement and customer journeys and, and all this other stuff that uh, um, that is that is normal in a software company or a technology company they're they're starting to employ those so the software that we have is primarily focused on on data and analytics and workflows and asset management but but a lot of where we see uh, a lot of excitement in the entire innovation arena in commercial real estate is is other things like you know, uh, Internet of Things, where home automation is, you know, everybody uses Alexa or most people use Alexa or other other services at their home. Commercial real estate firms are now starting to Im- implement those within their apartment complexes or in their office buildings. So we're seeing just a, a sort of just a, a, a complete adoption or, or starting to see an mm-hmm. adoption and an acceptance of new technology and innovation. And that's, that really is more of, it's more of the acceptance of it, which is what makes this exciting. Cause five years ago, 10 years ago, the, the industry really didn't like to change. It was more about we use Excel or we use, uh, you know, this is the way we do things. This is the way that my grandfather looked at deals. It's the way my dad looks at deals. The way that I used to look at uh, properties that, that we own was with my red marker and I would sit there and go through profit and loss statements and look at this stuff. Whereas nowadays, a lot of that stuff is, is, is analyzed through artificial intelligence that will, will give me the results that I'm looking for. Wow. That sounds pretty amazing. And uh, I'd love to ask more about that. We'll, we'll probably do that in another interview possibly, but right now we'll start looking at your podcast show, which is exciting. I believe it launched in April. Yeah, it did. Yes. Yes. yes, and the show is CRE Capital Markets Report podcast. Um, tell us about the show, Rob, and how it launched, what what it's about, and what's happening with it. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but but this was sort of this was an instance where we took something that we do on our normal business life, which is that the first and foremost, the, the CRE Capital Markets Report is really a um, I, I get together with my senior traders um, so these are these are traders in the, the treasury markets there are traders in the derivatives market um, traders in the commercial real estate market and and normally every Monday I would I would talk to them we'd get around a table and we'd say okay what's going on in the market what do we need to know and and we would take this information this consensus of, of information, and we would deliver it to our customers. Um, 
And, and one day I was, I was out with a, with a good friend of mine who runs a real estate shop out in, in California. And I was telling him, I was, this is what we do. I had to get on the call and, and, uh, and he was like, wow, can I listen in? And I started seeing more and more people wanting to listen into these conversations. And so I said, well, why not make it more public? It, it gives people within five to 10 minutes on their Monday morning, it gives somebody who's in commercial real estate a, a synopsis of information, what they need to know for the next coming weeks so that they can make better, more informed decisions. That's uh, that's amazing. I mean, what a great idea. So, I mean, you have to take credit because, well, your friend suggested it, but obviously you took the steps and you, you changed something that existed into a podcast. So take us through some of the steps that you had to uh, move through to create the show. And also I'm curious, how were your clients receiving the information before the podcast came out? So the, the clients, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple questions there, but I'll, I'll start with how, you know, in order to, to do a successful podcast, we think it's, it, it does take organization. Um, as, as you know, you, <laughs> you do them yourself. So you understand the, the organization that's required um, because you're, you're, you, what might be interesting and exciting to you might not be to your user. And you have to also understand your user or your, your listener, I should say, um, is to, to make sure that it's it's beneficial for them. So there's there's a lot of things that have that we have done to to try to get better um, feedback from from listeners and stuff to make sure that we're, we're providing the right content for them. But we we have been um, but finding the the right tone and the way that we were delivering this information in the past was we'd sort of absorb it ourselves. And then maybe if somebody called us or if we were on the phone and we thought it was, it was the right information to, to give to, to our customer, we would let them know. And so this is really, it's, it's to, to think about this, that all of a sudden that we can reach thousands of people to listen about what we're saying in the commercial real estate uh, capital market space is, is pretty exciting. I, I don't think we could have never have had that reach before without having a podcast, without sort of formalizing it. And, and yet we don't try to make it as formal as, 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 as it should be, but we try to make it sound like, Hey, you're in this team of traders talking about things. Mm-hmm. So it's a real leap then from this informal approach, you know, if a client asked or if, if one of the analysts was on the phone, you'd impart the information, but there was no definite communication channel for it before the podcast. Is that correct? That's correct, which is why podcasts are, are so amazing and a great way to disseminate information. It's, it's just, uh, you know, at, at no point because you, it, it's instead of having content that you create and, and hope that somebody asks you about it, you're able to create content and let let the listener have the convenience of consuming that content whenever they want. And that's what makes it really exciting because, you know what, I, we reach people, we have we have listeners and we have people all over the world. Uh, yeah, maybe 9.30 doesn't work for them on, on Monday morning, but, but at other times it does. And so, but the information is still beneficial. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what the, the power of a podcast really is, is being able to, to do something that in, in our case, we want it, we, we want it to be, uh, fairly, uh, time compressed, 
But for for the that's what's exciting is that the consumer of that that information can get it at any time. Yeah, and as you said, suddenly you've got this absolutely massive distribution channel that you're taking advantage of. So lots of wins there. Now, what have been some of the biggest challenges, Rob, you've faced by turning this Monday morning roundtable discussion into a podcast? <laughs> There's look. In, in reality, when you're doing a podcast, you have to remember, right? You are, you are producing content that people will hear and, uh, and, and making sure that you have the right content as well as sort of the, the right structure. I think our, our past Monday meetings were more about, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? And hey, what's going on? And, and, and maybe say things that, um, you know, weren't, weren't relevant to the conversation. So, so one of the most difficult things, um, and, and, and to that point though, and at the same token, you want to make it sound like it's not a, a trained, uh, you, you know, you're, you're not on a script because nobody mm-hmm. wants to listen to a script, right? So, mm-hmm. so I think that the challenge for us was finding the sweet spot. And I think that's an ever, ever evolving challenge anyways, is finding the sweet spot between content that is, that is, um, that is, that is, formatted in the correct way so that 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 people can listen to but but also uh sounding free and sounding un unrehearsed or un un yeah unscripted yeah and as you said that is kind of finding the sweet spot that's that's a, a really good description of what you need to do and it's constantly evolving you know and sometimes you you might actually read something because it's an important piece of technical information and other times, uh, a host or a, a guest or a speaker might simply be commenting on something or analyzing it. And that's when it becomes a little bit more um, unscripted, but uh, at the same time, professional and friendly. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. About it, and that's why uh, we always recommend and, and, and we look forward to comments and feedback. That's how we live and, and learn. And, and, and that's sort of, it's, it's a, it's a tinkering, right? It's, it's a, we're still a fairly new podcast in terms of you know, some of the other, other podcasts out there. So for us to be able to create and sort of modify content, it's, it works for us. And, and that's, that's the best part. So we can tweak things and we try new things. We, this past week, we said, Hey, let's, 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 let's boil down and, and just do it this way. And we try it and get feedback from users. Hey, we actually liked when there was more interaction or, Hey, we like when you're actually just more to the point. So it's, it's mm. an ever evolving, uh, ever evolving process. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to look at a podcast, uh, as, as a producer, because, you know, if you think, Oh, my show is great. I've got the, uh, you can end up not listening to feedback or, or making mistakes. I think in anything in life, there's always room for growth. Right. And that's yeah. right. And that's right. The, it's the, it's the beware syndrome, right? Where you start getting, you start getting more users, um, or more listeners. And, uh, and, and as you get more listeners, you, you start to think, well, geez, maybe it's, maybe I'm perfect the way I am. And, and you don't, you don't keep <laughs> yeah. on evolving. So, um, yeah. and, and, and that's, yeah, that to us is, uh, we, we, we have truly enjoyed our, our growth and our success. But at the same token, we, we have to be humble to, to our, our, our end listener. So Rob, can you tell me how much preparation do you and your team do ahead of each episode? 
I mean, are you constantly reading market reports? What kind of things are you doing to get ready for that Monday morning roundtable? Well, you know, it's the, the nice thing about what we do on our podcast or our roundtable is really what we do in our daily job. So, you know, the 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 type of prep and, and the time that we prep is no different than the than the prep that we would uh, that we would do for our for our daily job. So, normally that's uh, we're always in tune to the market, and so we would uh, over the weekend we look at things and read some more things, and and Monday morning we we really sort of look into what's going to happen in the in the week ahead. So there's not more, a lot more work that we do because as I said our 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 podcast is really what we do for our living and, and we're just giving the information that we would normally use in our business to the listener. Oh, that's good. So from that point of view it's not really been that much more work for you. No, I think having it um organizing the content I think is is really what what takes the most time and trying to organize it so it's so it's consumable to the listener um as opposed to us just sort of talking and rambling on and as well as knowing who our audience is uh or trying to understand who our audience is to to make sure that we're delivering the information at a at a at a level that they can they can consume. Sure. So next question, Rob, I want to, I want to dig a little bit more into like how you manage the meeting and how the conversation flows, especially when you've got opposing views. So you're kind of like the chair of the meeting. I know you don't have that title, but you know, you, you organize it. So what happens if analysts, when they're discussing an issue, they put forward opposing views? How do you handle that? I think that's great. I mean, personally, I think that's what this is all about, right? We're, we're trying to give our listeners insight and information that's impactful for their business, right? And so, so in order to have it's, I don't want somebody to say, Hey, this is the only way we want to listen to these other, other views and, and other thoughts. And that's really what this began as was the, 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 the podcast is really just a, a public recording of what we've been doing for years, which is every Monday morning we talk about things that are going on in the market and we debate them and we talk about them and we and we set significance to them. So this is this is nothing new. So having it so that people feel free to challenge is is a great thing. And that's anybody who's listened to the show will realize that the the, the people that we have on uh, in in our roundtable. Are senior level traders. They're senior level financial analysts. So this is not, uh, yeah. They're, so so they're they're they they can be opinionated. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And do you do you feel like there's a need to reach a conclusion? I know, for example, in recent shows, tapering has been um, on the table for discussion a lot, as as have rates and things like that. Like, do you feel like, okay, you know, that issue has been dealt with or is it because the issues are ongoing? You, you just keep, you know, analyzing and looking at them. Well, I think that, right. It's, it's uh, job security. It's never, yeah, it's almost like a, being a meteorologist. Yeah. You, you know, you're not always right, but, uh, but at least you, you give your, you give your opinion. I think that's the thing. There's, there's highlights and there's things that are impactful that are, that are maybe prioritized over other things in our, in our market. Um, but those are the things that we get to talk about. And so we are talking about future interest rates. We're talking about, uh, future indexes for short-term rates like LIBOR and Bisbee and so forth. And so those are the things that, that are always going to exist. And so we always have to talk about it because our listener is 
thinking about where rates are going in order for them to make their investment thesis. Ah, cool. Okay. That's good. I mean, that, that's a, a good piece of insight. Good to know. And talking about listeners, what kind of feedback are you getting from listeners, Rob? So we get all sorts of, of feedback. And that's, I think, really, that is the best part about doing this. Um, and, and the best part, I think, the is really going through and, and, and asking for feedback and suggestions and comments from the listener. Um, because what might be important to me is, is maybe not important to the listener or, um, or maybe we glossed over something or maybe we needed to get, uh, um, more detail. So a lot of the feedback that we get, we, we're now starting to get questions, which are great. Not just feedback, but hey, can you talk about this? How does this impact me? And so we spend a lot of time during the week, uh, answering those questions for, for listeners, but we also use them to, to arm us with, with some content for what we're going to discuss on, on the Monday show. Um, and if, if it, if it warrants, if it's a more in-depth technical discussion, uh, we'll, we'll give it the time it needs on either the show or, or outside of the show. Mm, that sounds good. And for listeners who haven't heard your show yet, Rob, what can they expect? Give us like a little bit of a sense of, you know, what happens in the show, what it's about. Sure. Well, the show is really focused on uh, commercial real estate capital markets. So from that standpoint of, of capital markets, I mean, treasury rates, short-term rates, what's going on with, with spreads in the market. So anything that really impacts debt and debt optimization for commercial real estate that's what we discuss. So, um, as I said, I've been doing this for a while, typically not published or not produced, but every Monday I would talk with my traders and we would talk about where we see the market and really try to come up with some cohesive thoughts about how we advise our, our debt advisory customers. And so customers is our business. People come to us and, and ask us about rates and where they think whether or not they should lock into a long-term rate or a short-term rate and so on and so forth. And so that's where the, the show really started was we just wanted to, to promote that. And so that's really what the, the show is all about within a very short period of time, allowing the listener to get an idea of what's going on in those markets so that they can make an informed decision, whether or not they want to refinance or sell or hedge or do something as it pertains to their commercial real estate debt. Mm, that's cool. And just as an aside, Rob, I mean, I have a passing interest in economics in the, in the market, like, you know, any citizen. I'm based in Canada, as you know, and I find your show really interesting because I think Canadians, most of them think, if this is happening in the US, it's going to happen here sooner than, you know, sooner or later. So I think you've probably got some listeners out there who aren't in commercial real estate, but they just want to know what's happening in the markets and what major factors are at play. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, th I think that's, that's great, right? It's, uh, we, we think of our audience as just commercial real estate and, and that's a great point. We have students. We have, uh, faculty members of, of, of universities. We have people from all over looking at it because it is, you're right. Interest rates and economic, uh, issues that, that evolve within the United States do appeal to a, a, to a broader, uh, broader base. So that's where we, we start looking at. It. And that's, that is, um, that is a good point that, that while our focus is very much commercial real estate, the listener base can be anybody who cares about the, the broader picture of the, of the U S economy. Yeah. Cool. Now back to the technicalities of this show, 
what have you had any challenges setting up a, a roundtable podcast? And if so, what have they been? Sure. Well, I think the first one is really just knowing how to do it. And uh, um, as you know, we've we've used a, a, a consultant to help us uh, understand how to get a podcast out, how to set it up, how to uh, disseminate it. And so I think that was really the hardest part was, was as it, as it said, it was, we're, we're recording something that we've been doing for a while and, and maybe adding a little more structure to it. But for the most part, were really just you know it, it was how do we get started how, what what do we need and and that's where uh, yeah we, we hired a consultant to, to come in and help us cool that's good so you'd recommend going that route if you had no no knowledge about setting up a show yeah I do I do I think there there are there's there's a lot of things to 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 understand and navigate and, and to prioritize and 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 really make uh, make sense of things and so yes I think any anytime there's a there's a simpler way to get to execution uh, we, we we will take that cool and what kind of equipment and microphone are you using did you buy anything new or did you just continue recording the meeting as you were? So I have uh, I use a a, uh, a Yeti microphone um, and everything else is the same off of my Surface Pro. So um, so that's really the only thing that I've used that that I find is a little bit different because um, what I've what I've realized in the past is that I I tend to move around and I think one of the challenges that we have as a as a when when we do our our Monday briefs is that we are lurk- looking at Bloomberg terminals, we're looking at uh, financial monitor screens and Reuters and, and other sources. And oftentimes we will look away to talk about something and we might not come back to our microphone in front of our computer. So by having a, a large microphone sitting there in front of me sort of forces us and, and forces the team to, to stay in front of the microphone so that uh, we, can, we can have a, a better quality production. Yeah, it's kind of like a point of focus for you. Right. Yeah, for sure. And Rob, for any business or organization out there thinking, you know, wow, this is an opportunity. We want to set up a roundtable podcast. What would be your advice? I would say absolutely do it. I think that the benefits for us uh, have been not only does it help us disseminate our, our information and, and, and help with, with thought leadership, but our team has actually really enjoyed it. Not only our internal, but the but the participants, because we've actually formalized this process and uh, and formalized. As I said it before, it was sort of a Monday morning. We'd sort of get around and we'd loosely talk about things. And now it's it's the objective is to really provide real information. And so our team, I think, really looks forward to this uh, to this 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 podcast and our on our Monday mornings. So I think any business who um, any business should really consider this as part of their uh, communication management communication as well as uh, as 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 customer uh, legion. Mm, yeah, I mean, if you've got information to impart, and people love that kind of transparency, don't they? When they can see, like, this is how the process evolves or the discussion is taking place. It's so cool to see what's happening on the inside. Right. And especially now where, you know, we're, we're, we're limited by, uh, by geography, right? And so there's, you know, we're not always in the office or we're not always together. And so, and, and, and so this really gives us the ability to talk about 
and and everybody in our organization now knows what we're saying and 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 what what our direction is. Yeah, Rob, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wish that I had asked you? Well, I think that you know the the big things are obviously you've, you're you're seasoned pro at this, so so you, you typically ask a lot of questions and, and good questions. I think the you know the the thing that I would really um, you know, the, the, the question that perhaps you did ask, but maybe in a, in a different way is, is really setting up the expectations of what were the expectations when we started this and, and how do we, how do we measure the results of what we're providing? Right. And cause that, that really is, you know, you have podcasts that have millions of subscribers and you have podcasts that are less and how do people signify success in those podcasts? And, and I think it's, it's really important for the, for the producer of the podcast to really set measured sort of goals and expectations to live by and, and, and understand that they're not just listener based as, as, you know, how many users or how many listeners, but rather the, the benefit that they're getting for those, for those listeners. And I think that's really the, that's the, the question I would have asked is how do you, how do you measure success outside of just listeners? Mm. And how are you measuring success, Rob? Well, I think we do it, obviously, the listeners is, is part of it, but also it's the feedback. I think that's where I will take um, one question, one comment to me is worth a hundred listeners um, because that means they're engaged. And so that would be the the one way that we, we really measure our success is what kind of feedback and what kind of questions and comments are we getting? And then the second is is, is a little bit more, um, uh, qualifiable and instead of quantifiable. And, and that is the, the information loop that's going on in our office and our organization and the way that we can disseminate information to our customers. I think that's, that to me is, is another way that we measure success is that our customers now can easily listen to what we're saying. Um, at a time frame that, that's convenient for them. And, and that's, that's hard to, that's hard to put put numbers behind but it's definitely a point of which we show is success yeah i mean one thing that i'm really impressed with rob is the fact that you are getting questions from listeners i think that is is really good you know it's so cool it's happened very quickly for your show and you're responding to them on the show so that is you know a great example of of listener engagement right Right. And that's, that's why we do it. As I said, that's, that to me is, is worth more than anything else. And, and I think that's, that's something I would also encourage anybody who's doing uh, a podcast is to really, really try to get that information back, try to get that feedback uh, from your, from your listener and, and, and really try to get their, their feedback and their comments. That's great advice there. Thanks, Rob. Now, before we sign off, Rob, tell listeners where they can find you. So listeners can find us on, um, on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, uh, almost anywhere where, where, um, you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find our, our, uh, CRE capital markets report. That's great. And of course you're on LinkedIn and, uh, the show is also at 30capital.com and we'll be sure to include, include those links in the uh, show notes. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Rob. Uh, it's been great talking to you and getting more information about how to produce a roundtable podcast. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Sheila. I appreciate being here. In the next episode of our podcast, we talk to Hans van Dam, owner of the Conversational Design Institute, 
about how he approaches podcasting and what he's learned so far about using podcasting as part of his content marketing and branding. If you have any questions about podcasting, get in touch with podmotion.co. We'll be happy to answer them for you. And thanks for listening.